Hello and welcome to the Game Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Bassini, represented by CLNS Media. Today on the show, Dieter Kurtenbach is here. We are going to run through our NBA All-Star selections because we're a little bit over the halfway point. Some teams have played 41 games. Some teams have played, I think, like 44 games. But we're right in that mix right now. And the All-Star game, I believe, is in what? Three weeks? Two weeks? Oh, it's, yeah, it's less than a month away. It's the next major holiday. Right. And we're getting to that point where I believe that the starters are getting close to getting named. Sam, uh, Sam I won't lie to you. I have no goddamn idea how any of this all-star stuff game works anymore. I mean, they changed it up on me like three times in the last couple of years. I got no idea anymore. Just give, give me 12 players or whatever per conference and let's call it a day. Oh, my God. That's funny. It's a mess. It's a hot mess. Like, we're going to have a draft, and then after that, there's going to be an expansion draft, and then we're going to have, like, a, a commissioner's wild card or something. It's just like, I don't know. These sound like NHL problems. The NBA should be very simple. Just put 12 players from each conference on the court and, and have at it. So I can tell you how it works. Uh, cool. We are, in regard to how we're going to do this, we are just going to pick our 12, basically. Oh. We're not going to worry about... 50% of the fan be. vote, 25% yeah. of player vote, uh, 25% basketball media. Like, we're, we're just no. picking the 12 that we think should be there. Um, 100% hot take picks. And that's how the starters work, and eventually the coaches pick the reserves, right? So yeah. that part of I it. I guess, I don't know. Yeah, that, that part of it has not changed. Uh, cool. Having said that, all-star starters will be announced at some point soon. I believe I feel like uh, so Could voting concludes minute. voting concludes today. Oh, cool. For all star voting. Well, for get them fans. in now. So follow, follow through on everything we say immediately. Clearly. Um, and the all star game is in three weeks. So this what a is going to be, be really alive, fun. Sam. We are going to talk about who should make the NBA all star game. Today, we're sponsored by Bet Online. We'll get to you uh, a little bit later on with an advertisement, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Is everything going okay with you? We haven't really even delved into how your life is going, Dieter. I'm, I'm just waiting, Sam. I'm waiting for the apology that you owe me for doubting my football expertise on the I, last I didn't podcast. Even, I, I told you that I thought you the 49ers said, were going to win. Chump. Yeah, well, I, I gave you the exact score of the game. I told you exactly how it'd go down. <laughs> um you know, if you were on Bet Online, you, you would have been able to make a pretty penny. And, you know, I try to offer these services to friends and family, and you guys just don't want to take them because, oh, you know, they don't like the messenger. But, you know, take the money when I give it to you. And so, you know, and for, for not following through, I deserve an apology. That's all I want to say. I, I apologize for doubting your uh, lack of belief. In Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> the lack of belief that was w- tremendously validated? The, the the first half was not great for my boy Aaron. It was, he was uh, down 50 to nothing if you combine the first halves of the two games that he played against the 49ers this year. 5-0 to 0. It's it's not great, Dieter. No. My 10-to-1 no. ticket got torn up very quickly. My yeah. – Lovely wife, who is a Packers fan, had to sit there and watch a disaster unfold in front of our eyes. Again, like, I told you that you probably wanted to make plans for that evening as to help the marital home. And yet, you didn't did. do it. You, we, you didn't follow through. We, we did watch a few movies. We watched Super Dark Times. We watched mm. um, 
What I else don't even heard of that one. It's this little independent movie about these teenagers that where like this weird accident happens. It's pretty. Uh, Final destination. It was pretty good. No, it wasn't like supernatural. It was more like psychological thriller. It was Ooh. it was fun. I will say that. Okay. Um, so I got a trip yeah, to Miami we, and I got a long flight. Maybe I'm looking for movies. It's straight up on Netflix, so you'll be able to watch it. Um, also, 20, something something to note for people who really like the fact that like I talk about movies on the podcast. I have yeah. started a Letterboxd account, so yes. it's. L-E-T-T-E-R-B-O-X-D dot com. If you go there and search my name, you'll be able to find reviews for all of the movies I watch. I have watched how many movies so far this year? I think it's probably like 21 or something yeah. I looked, so far. I looked, through, uh, I looked through quite a bit of those every now and again, and uh, it's great analysis as per usual. Yeah, I really don't try and go like overboard. Like I'll do like no, no, you know, no. It's it's digestible for sure. It's not diving deep into it as as we would with the basket hoops. Uh, no, it's just like this is a good movie. I love the cinematography. This and that, like basic stuff that you would have in a normal conversation with people. Yeah, no, I try and make it real, real basic. And like I watch, I'm watching a lot of older movies right now too. So, like. You'll see some stuff on older movies. You'll see some stuff on movies like The Bling Ring, which we watched after Super Dark Times. <laughs> oh, um, my. Sam, that's, that's quite a call. I, it was my call, too. I'd been intrigued for a while, and it was yeah. not my favorite movie. I will say that. I wonder um, why. I can find out why on Letterboxd. You can find out on Letterboxd why it was not my favorite movie. But let's talk NBA All-Stars. We're going to start in the Eastern Conference. I find this to be the slightly less interesting conversation in the Western I, Conference. Yeah. Uh, it, it, there's a lot of people involved in this conversation, uh, but the the level of interest, I agree with you, wanes comparatively to uh, the Western Conference. It doesn't feel as contentious, even though there are it is more convoluted. So I have listed five guys that I consider to be no doubters. Like, barring injury, these five guys definitely get in. It's Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, Jimmy Butler, Pascal Siakam, and then I have Kyle Lowry on that list as well. Fair enough. I have him uh, on my list, but not as the one of the five. And that, that fifth guy for me is Kemba Walker. But uh, very open to all conversations between Kemba and Kyle. Both are extremely deserving this year. Yeah, like, I, I don't see a world where either of those two guys miss. To be honest, but oh, that'd, be, that'd, be, that'd be a travesty if both of them missed it or either yeah, one of them missed it. Like I pick Kyle just because, you know, for me, and these are not the guys that I would necessarily say are going to be the starters. Uh, if they list Jimmy Butler as a guard, I think that there's a chance that that's your starting yeah. lineup. But personally, I see it as, you know, Kyle Lowry has been the driving force along with Pascal Siakam on one of the best teams in the NBA that everyone uh, thought was going to fall off. They are currently leading the Atlantic division, one game in the win column ahead of the Boston Celtics, two games in the loss column ahead of the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, They are, I believe, third in the Eastern conference. Uh, Miami is second, just a game ahead. And this is a team that everyone expected to kind of fall apart, which I think, as we talked about in the preseason, was not was something we believed. But yeah. I think a big reason why they have not fallen apart is that Kyle Lowry has re-upped 
the scoring ability that we saw for so many years while maintaining the ability to pass the ball and make incredible decisions. And uh, I think that he's taken just a small step forward defensively this year from what we've seen in the last couple of years. I agree with you there. And on the flip side of that, Kemba Walker has been the driving force of a Boston Celtics team that's playing great basketball right now. And uh, yeah. and it would be hard to take it. Now, with uh, Joel Embiid probably missing the game? I don't know. Who knows? It's, it's, a, it's, it's a good not, question. If like, it's what, not the finger, it's probably going to be something else with our man Joel. So, well, here's uh, here's the thing he, with Embiid. Uh, every yeah. time that the 76ers say someone is out for approximately two weeks, right, it ends up being something different. Like it could be they longer, it could be shorter. <laughs> I don't really know what's going to happen with Joel. We'll see. But let's just presume he's not going to Chicago, and if that's the case. Well, for, uh, for, the, for the sake of this, let's at least name him, and then oh, yeah, we will absolutely. come up with another name uh, but if to we're potentially talking, replace if, him. If we're talking starters, though, if we're talking that top five in Eastern Conference, and Joel is, is not there, if he's there, he's starting next to Giannis in the front court, and then it gets real weird with the with the guard situation. I don't know where, how that falls in, but Giannis, Butler, or sorry, Giannis, Pas, Pascal Siakam, Butler, Kemba, Kyle Lowry, that's that's one hell of a five right there. My very likely to make the team, I would be shocked if any of these guys missed the team. Right. Was Ben Simmons. Yes. Kemba Walker, who we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Trey Young, who is top five in the league in both scoring and assists. And he's fun as hell. And he's fun as hell. Bradley Beal, who's top five in the league in scoring. If he had a better team, he would get a lot more recognition for how good he is. And Chris Middleton who mm-hmm. is averaging 20 points a night on 50-40-89 shooting yeah, he's for pretty good. the Milwaukee Bucks, who are the best team in the NBA by far. So yes, th- those are my 10 that yeah. I see as yeah, – I don't think you can really make a case against those guys making the I, team. Like regardless of, what, me, yeah. regardless of what Kendrick Perkins is trying to say with like Derrick Rose should make the all-star team over Trey Young. Uh, you lost me at Kendrick Perkins. Yeah, like I think it's just kind of wild, and I don't mean that as a slight on Derek. I mean it as Trey Young has been exceptional for Atlanta this season, despite being surrounded by the youngest team in the league by far. If you look in terms of minutes distribution, so I per- I do mean it as a slight on Derek. So um, that that works out for both of us. We're covered in that scenario. He's, we'll we'll he's, talk he's about averaging, he's averaging eighteen goddamn points a game on thirty one percent three point shooting. Like, why are we pretending? Is it like I? Do we want to have the Derek conversation now? Because like we're there, let's do it. I'm in the headspace. This this is ridiculous. Stop championing this. Championing. I don't even know what the word is. Stop it. Just stop it, people. This ain't. So worth I, it. I get I get this why people are doing it because it's in I Chicago, it and if you look on a per minute basis. Derek's having a great year. He's averaging most, on most a... Most had a great year on a per-minute basis not too long ago. He should have... Actually... Hold on. I'm going to get there. Should have had Derek, most Bates as an all-star. Derek is averaging 25 points, 8 assists, on 49.8 field goal percentage, 31.33 point percentage, 87 from the line, uh... 22 PER, 56.5 true shooting. He's been very good this year. He's now moved into the starting lineup for Detroit... And has played 990 minutes and has been, he has reinvented himself in a way that I don't think anyone expected. And I, on a begrudging level, given the fact that uh, I am not really a Derrick Rose fan because Mm -hmm. of. There's a lot of stuff there. 
statements that he made in court documents. I, I don't really care how the trial went. I am more concerned about the statements that he made within those court documents and within the investigation saying, we men, what do you expect or something along those lines and essentially not knowing what consent was. Yeah, I, it was bad. Yeah, like bad. we're not saying that like Derek Rose was convicted of what he was accused of. I am more worried about what he said in those statements and the, what they portend to mean in regard to his lifestyle choices and what is happening in his life. And let, me, let me just put it to you this way. Uh, aside from the basketball, I don't want to root for this guy. Yeah, I don't. That's the thing. I, I really don't want to root for him. Um, but he's reinvented himself, and he deserves credit for that. I think he's been one of the 10 to 15 best guards, probably, probably like the 10th best guard in the Eastern Conference this year, and that is – a huge compliment to Derek for reinventing himself. I'm just not for it. Uh, When you say he reinvented himself, um, what do you mean by that? I mean, this is a guy that was like a disaster for on the court. I mean, yeah, I know that, that. but what is he doing that he didn't do for Minnesota last year? I think that he legitimately, well, in terms of like, what was he doing for Minnesota last year? I don't know that he's really doing much different. Than That's what, what he was doing it's, for Minnesota. Right. So why are we giving a lifetime achievement award a year late? Because it's in Chicago is why I think. I think that's why people want to do it. I'm yeah. not for it. I think it doesn't really make all that much sense. I don't think if he was in the ballpark, I'd be willing to have the conversation. I would disagree oh, yeah. with. I would disagree with putting him on the team, but I would understand why the conversation is happening. He'd win a lot he's, of tiebreakers based on that, on the fact that he's from Chicago. Right. Uh, yeah. He's not but in the he ballpark, ain't, he ain't though, unfortunately. He, he ain't tying anybody. Like it, <laughs> he can't win the, the argument, division when you finish 30 games back. It's but like, part oh, of the argument that people are making to me is, if you look at his you know, per-game or per-minute efficiency numbers, they're as good as uh, when he won the MVP. And it's not a credit to Derek that he was only playing 24 minutes a night before he started these last five games or whatever it is. It's it's a hindrance yeah. to his case because he was providing yeah. less value than someone like, say, Zach Levine, whose team basically has the same record as Derrick Rose. Uh, and Levine is averaging on better efficiency. I believe it's a 56.5 true shooting percentage versus a 57 true shooting percentage. He's averaging... 25 points a night, four assists, five rebounds, 1.5 steals. Like, he's just been better this year. There's really – and, like, you'll make the case, oh, yeah, if you look at the, you know, per 36 numbers, well, looking at the per 36 numbers, Zach Levine is averaging more points and doing so on more mm-hmm. efficiency. Um, oh, if you look at the PER numbers, uh, you know, Derek's is he better than that. St- How about this? He wasn't starting for the shit-ass Detroit Pistons for the vast majority of the year. How good could he really be? It's kind of – I get why they weren't starting him, just in case of injury. and in He wasn't getting of, 36 minutes. He wasn't even closing. Right. That's ultimately what I come back to. It took like 10 games for him to start closing. He closed. He's closed for a majority of the year. Took, that team had so many injuries this year, and it took like – a hundred of them more for him to even get into the starting lineup. And he's been really good as a closer. He has made yeah. some late shots, but like, so is Spencer Dinwiddie. And like, we'll talk about Dinwiddie, but like, I don't think he is in the like legitimate conversation to get a wild card 
for the All-Star game here. So, oh, and Spencer Dinwiddie's team is better than the Pistons, too. Yeah, it is. Not so, by much, somehow, but that is factual. It's it's just real hard for me to get past all of this with Derek. Like, I, 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 will never, Derek I will never, ever understand it. I, I, I just don't get it. I grew up in Chicago. I've been a lifelong Bulls fan, and obviously Derek Rose is incredible, but this level of uh, idolization, the idolatry that they have going on, for him, it is just it is a bad look for everybody involved, and it should probably stop. Because Agree. He's, he's just a point guard, and I just you know I would love it for that to stop. And the reason that I would love for it to stop is because it's not a legitimate argument at this stage. Why is, is it not continuing close. in your estimation? Like why because the Pistons exists? are pushing it now. Because they want to be able to say we have a current All Star in our roster to sell tickets. Because yeah, the former players that go on, because the former players that go on TV are pushing it. I think that they think they're going to trade Drummond. It seems like. Um, well, that's a nice tell. I think that the former players continue to go on TV because they have an immense amount of respect for Derek. And I'm not going to sit here and say that Fair Derek enough. is. You know, doesn't also, deserve that uh, respect. I think also, he does. the majority of players on TV haven't watched a game since Derrick Rose was an MVP caliber player. Mm-hmm, yeah, <laughs> but like, I just can't. He's not in the case. Like, here are the two wild cards that I have. I have okay. Jalen Brown and I have Bam yeah. Adebayo. Bam Adebayo should maybe be in the very likely section. Yeah. He's been an absolute stud this year. Uh, for me, a top 30 player in the league, very clearly. He is a huge part of why Miami is the second best team in the Eastern Conference. Miami deserves two right. All-Stars. Uh, he's 100%. averaging 15, 10, like four assists. He's been incredibly efficient. And he's been, he's, if not, he's been fantastic. Yeah, and if he's not on the All-Defense team so far, he is just that rung below. Yeah, uh, you know what? Like, I don't even know about Riot, but, like, if he's not going to make that team, I think there's a case for him to make that team. He's within the top 20 defenders in the NBA. So... Yes, very clearly. Should definitely be on the team. And now, then it comes down to, like, Jalen or Tatum. That's who it came down to for me. Um, we've got a group here of – I've got Nikola Vucevic, who's averaging, like, 19 and 10 and yeah. doing so efficiently on offense again, leading the Orlando Magic a into a playoff spot. Malcolm Brogdon started the season really, really well. Hasn't been quite as good recently. And Excellent. Indiana has been one of the best teams in the NBA. That's for you. And I in that Sabonis. regard, I, I do think, too. yes, that we should talk about Sabonis. Uh, he's, he's been awesome. Demonis has been very good this year. He's averaging, I believe, 18 and 12 this season. Pulling it up. Sorry. Should have had that on the ready. I mean, TJ Warren, as I predicted, leading the Pacers in points. Uh, Sabonis, 17.8 points per game, tw- 13 rebounds, four assists, almost a steal, half a block. Uh, he's got a PER of like 20.5. He's been really yeah. good. So I think he is in the 12 to 14 run. I have, with... him, I have him as a wild card. Um, and with the need for front court players, it, it's, you know, he might slide in there. But I, I, he, I have him in. Understand why somebody would want to pick another person over him so long as it's not Derek Rose. Agree. The other guys I have listed here, we talked about Dinwiddie. He's averaging 21 points. He's been super clutch for Brooklyn. He's kind of carrying them along. I have Kyrie because I don't think that we can rule out something weird happening with Kyrie, like starting in the All-Star game where fans vote for him and the players vote for him. So despite the fact that the media probably won't vote for him, um, he still gets in. 
Listen, then we're getting Steph Curry on the Western Conference ballot. If we're, we're going to play the weird game, let's get all the way weird. I want Clay Thompson and Stephen Curry starting. And then we talked about Zach Levine, and we tangentially mentioned Drummond. He's averaging like 16 points and 14 rebounds. I don't. I would actually. It's close in terms of him and Rose. I think among who I would vote for. I don't know why we feel so inclined as to have a piston. I don't think we should. Because yeah, these guys are all, these, like, in the 20 range. Right I don't now. think either. Milwaukee deserves to – I mean, listen, I know that this isn't how it operates, but it has panned out this way, right? You go through the top six teams in the Eastern Conference. Milwaukee has two. Miami has two in Butler and Bam. Toronto has two in Siakam and Lowry. Boston has two, perhaps three in a weird way, in Brown and Kemba or Tatum and Kemba. You have the Sixers with two, with uh, with Embiid. And Simmons. You have the Pacers getting in one because they probably only deserve one at this juncture. But we, we, we've talked about Sabonis. We've talked about Brogdon. Orlando probably on the fringe there. I mean, outside of Washington and Beal, who has been totally awesome and just has a crap team around him, and Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks, who are legitimately the worst team in the NBA, but Trey Young has been awesome in at least a statistical standpoint, and there's no question that he is awesome to watch play basketball, so it's kind of hard to argue that you know he shouldn't be in there. I think this is well representative of how this season has gone in the NBA, and, and maybe we don't have to overthink this. I agree. So I narrowed it down to one of Jalen, Jason Tatum, or Sabonis. Who you going with? I picked Jalen Brown. I know that Mike Pina on the last podcast said that he would take Jason Tatum. He thinks that Tatum is responsible for more on mm-hmm. Boston. He's averaging slightly more points per game. He's been a little bit better defensively. Really comes down to the efficiency for me and really comes down to the fact that I weirdly feel more worried when Jalen has the ball in his hands than oh. when Jason has the ball in his hands for Boston. Like, I, I just can't, think that can't fight he those feelings. going to be more dangerous with the ball in his hand. I think that's fair. I really do. So you went with Sabonis. So you have yeah. you have 13. Who is the guy that you Well, I, 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 I'm taking into account that, that Embiid is, is probably going to miss okay. it. If I had to cut somebody, it would be Sabonis. Um if we assume that Embiid is going to miss, which I don't think is assumed yet, but if we assume that one guy is going to miss, I would then probably take Sabonis and be comfortable with it. Yeah. I could also drop Jalen. I mean, it, it, it's a big it's a big morass kind of at the bottom there, and, and that's no big deal. I, 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 there's a lot of people that I would be extremely comfortable if they got in or didn't. Like, I'm not upholding the sanctity of the All-Star game here, despite our, our Derrick Rose hot takes. But, uh, like, yeah, I mean, like, if Dinwiddie gets in, like, who's going to be offended by Dinwiddie getting in over, you know, Brown or Sabonis? I mean, people who are just trying too hard. So it, it's all good by me. Before we get to the West, this fall and this summer and spring mm. and whenever you are looking to purchase a lifestyle subscription, you should upgrade your life and style with a box of awesome from Bespoke Post. Bespoke Post sends guys only the best stuff every month. So whether you're looking to craft your own hard cider or toast perfectly aged fall cocktails, Box of Awesome has you covered. From style and grooming goods to barware, cooking tools, and outdoor gear, Box of Awesome has carefully built collections for every part of your life. So they mentioned the guys here. I'm not going to lie to you. I actually ordered the one from what they have labeled a woman's uh, side and labeled the relaxation one as if men don't want to relax. 
it, Dude, I, well, got, I got two candles rocking right now. I'm, like, all about that candle game at the moment. I am, too. And uh, it, it has a diffuser that smells like lavender. Ooh. It has, like, one of those bath bombs that you can just toss in the bathtub mm-hmm. and sit back and relax and hang out for a little while. It's a really, really really good product. Uh, and to get started, you just take the quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them pick the right box of awesome for you. They release new boxes every month across a ton of new categories. It's free to sign up and you can skip a month or cancel anytime. Each box only costs $45, but has well over $70 worth of gear inside. Get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code Theory, that's T H E O R Y at checkout. Go to boxofawesome.com code theory for 20% off your first box. All right, Dieter, do you want to go to the West? The West is a little bit crazier. The West is very clear at the top, very clear in the middle, and holy shit, is it crazy at the bottom. I mean, we we can have some very, very deep conversations. I think, though, that everybody is going to be in cahoots about who the starting five should be, and that is Luka Doncic, James Harden, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Kawhi Leonard. Yes, assuming that they throw Davis at center, which I think they should. Um, to me, that's the very clear starting five. What would they qualify him as? I mean, it's front it's court and guard, right? Oh, is it? I thought it was forwards and centers, too, but I think you're actually then? right. No, you're right in terms of this. Oh, Jesus. I thought you'd switched it up on me again. <laughs> no, you, you're you're 100% right. Looking to see what the hell it means. So, yeah, it's like you know, three backcourt players and two frontcourt players. Just like whatever. Just make sure you have a big, some wings, and a guy who can handle the ball. Um you know, LeBron can go in as, as anything he wants because he's goddamn LeBron. But Luka, pardon LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Kawhi. I mean, Kawhi has played 33 games. Anthony Davis has played 36. Uh, I don't think that you can uh, knock either of them out of the starting lineup. Um, Agree. On the basis of they haven't played enough. And when they've played, they've only been, you know, two of the best players in the entire league, bar none. Yeah. And same with Luka Doncic. He... Has just been unbelievable. LeBron has been unbelievable this year. I will also throw in as a guy that I think is a no doubter, uh, yeah. Nikola Jokic. Yeah, uh, you know the Denver Nuggets right now, I believe, are sitting in a tie for second place in the Western Conference. Indeed, uh, they are with, a three-way tie with the Utah Jazz. And I mean, Jokic has just been the key. I know that he started a little bit slowly this year as he worked his way back into shape, but all he's done since he's averaging 19 points. 10 rebounds, 6 assists a game. Those numbers are going up basically every game now because he's really starting to figure some shit out. He's just the absolute life force for a Denver team that kind of is just getting by on depth a little bit right now, given that they've gone through some injury stuff. But even beyond that, this has just been a really fun team to watch. And now we've got the emergence of Michael Porter, which I'll talk about maybe next time. But it's just a really, really good group to watch right now. We we all love our, our large Serbian son, Nikola Jokic, so uh, no do. question that he's in. Uh, I think Rudy Gobert should be in sort of that same class as well. Uh, very hard to argue that he's not an all-star this year. We've so I, done these I, arguments I, in the past. I, I, Utah's really good, and I think he, he's the guy. He, he's the guy. I know look, statistically it doesn't come, it come, doesn't come together, but he's the guy. I personally don't think that there is a case against Rudy Gobert this year. 
I don't. I mean, he's averaging 15 and, and almost 15. And he's been the best defensive player in the league. Again, he's shooting 68% right. from the field, which is a career high. It's To me, it's just not even debatable. Like, put Rudy Gobert in this game. He's very Play deserving. Advocate, though. Tell, tell me who's going to argue against it. I think that the argument against it would be if we're counting, you know, playoffs within this construct somehow. Uh, he's a guy that can get played off the court in the playoffs sometimes. And should we name an all-star who can get played off the court? I don't give a fuck. We, I mean, we, fuck, like, we put James Harden in the all-star game every year. I don't care. Put Rudy Gobert in this game. He has been the driving force on defense for a team that is in second we place in the Western Conference. <laughs> well, we're going to play the Monstars after this. We need to make sure that everybody schematically fits together for the goddamn All-Star team. Like, and there are players yeah. that have flaws. It's an All-Star game. He's really, really good on a really good team. Roll with it. So I've got him in the very likely bin. Okay. I've got Paul George in the very likely bin, and I wonder yeah. if I'm wrong for that. Yeah, I, I have him in, I, I guess, you didn't tell me about these tranches before we started, but uh, I have him listed uh, third on the reserves. Uh, but again, 26 games for, for Paul George this year. When he's been on the court, he's been awesome. But I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, maybe does, he'll just make this easier for all of us by also skipping this game. Yeah, does he get penalized for Should he get penalized, I think, is the better question. I, I don't know. Like, to me, so we're, at The Athletic, we're going through this process of trying to rank players right now. And I had Paul George at eighth in the NBA. Okay. Or maybe it was eighth or ninth. I can't remember. It was one of the two. And I think I was on the higher end. So I love Paul George. I think he is an absolute stud. Listen, if you watch basketball, we all agree that Paul George is one of the best two-way players and sometimes the best two-way player in the NBA. Anyone who doesn't think that, anyone who can't start a conversation with that concession, really doesn't know what they're watching. And I I hate to do that sort of no-true-Scotsman nonsense, but, like, come on. If we can't all agree that Paul George is wicked, then we we don't really have a a conversation. So my next guy here is Donovan Mitchell. And I think that that might be a touch controversial. Yeah, I, I can I can see him not making this team, but I think he should. He and is I'm not a big Donovan Mitchell guy. Averaging 25 points a night, four rebounds, four assists. He's really up the efficiency. Like he's no longer he a has. below average efficiency guy. He's a 56-1 true shooting percentage. He's turning the ball over on less than 10% of his possessions. He's been yeah. good defensively for a team that's been good defensively. He is legitimately carried that offense. They've put the ball in his hands since Mike Conley went down. Mike's back now, but like they really put the ball in his hands. And during this run where they won 15 of 16 games, they said, Donovan lead us. And he did. And that means a lot to me personally. I think that he is very, he earned his all-star berth during that 16 game run. I think it's fair, but my knock on Mitchell has always been that he hasn't been the most efficient player and that he can put up some sometimes empty stats, even though they do feel important for the Jazz, that they're not, uh, that he's their only option. So he can, he can get away with not being all that efficient. They slow the game down so much and they're so good on defense that he gets a lot of the glory for things that he's not really doing. That's just not the case this year. He's been really, really good. Now, is he a bona fide superstar and going to be a future MVP can and stuff like that? No. He's clearly in the second tranche of NBA stardom, but that doesn't mean that he should make the all-star game. He's very, very good. 
He's a dad. He's gotten better. I know he's not the youngest young player, but man, he, he's he's a dude. And I, as a staunch Donovan Mitchell, isn't as good as everyone's making him out to be. Guy finally have to concede. He's finally reached that level. So my next group here. So we've got nine in the West. I have Damian Lillard next. Damian Lillard is averaging twenty-seven points a night. He just scored sixty-one last night. My he is Santa Cruz Warriors, but he did score sixty-one. Just unbelievable. He is. He's awesome. Arguably having his best season yeah. in a season where it has been markedly difficult for him to actually do what he is great at. He has reached a new level this year. And I can't imagine leaving Damian Lillard at home personally. I just am slightly worried that because of the guard depth in the West and because of his team's lack of success, if the voting conglomerate will feel the same. For me, Damian Lillard is a no-doubt all-star this year. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I'd put him in over Mitchell, and I think Mitchell is is in, almost impossible to argue against. He, he's he's awesome. And, you know, as much as we say, uh, well, yeah, Portland's been crappy this year. Boy, have they been crappy. Uh, they're, they're two games out of a playoff spot. I mean, it, it's not it's not ridiculous to think yeah, that when it's all said also, and done. They've also won like thirty nine to forty percent of their games, something like that. Like, I'm not sh- forty. It's forty two. They, we they deserve scorn, but if we're going to put in, I mean, there's a bunch of really good players on bad teams that that we're willing to put in, even in an all star game. Yeah, Bradley Beal, no one's going to bat an eye at that. Trey Young, I guess people are batting eyes at that because I don't know. We need to make controversy somehow. Um, we shouldn't we shouldn't overthink this. Damian Lillard is one of the best players in the Western Conference. That goes beyond saying he transcends his team's record. And by the way, the only reason they have those 19 wins is because of Damian Lillard. Yeah, to me, Lillard is a top 10, top 11 player in the NBA and should no question be at All-Star Game, be doing everything he can All-Star Weekend. Like, he is... Just the absolute best. His assist rate to turnover rate this year, by the way, is 3-1. to one. That's, like, basically unheard of. He's having his best playmaking year. He's having arguably his best scoring year, given the efficiency this season. He Damian Lillard is, like, a no-doubter. But the problem that you start to run into now is you compare Damian Lillard's season so far <laughs> to Devin Booker. I don't know, man. It's, it makes it so hard. Just put them both in. And Devin Booker is averaging 27 points a night, four rebounds, six assists, 51, 36, 92. His true shooting percentage is 63. 63! I know. While averaging 27 points a night. He's really good. He's really good. Now, I don't know if he's as good as Lillard. Lillard doesn't turn the ball over as much. I don't think he is. Yeah. Like, but he's he, he, you want to talk about a guy who's taking it up another level. And by the way, the Suns uh, not a complete laughing stock this year. Um, they're not good, but you know they're not like embarrassing anymore. I think Devin Booker should be in the game. So I have him thirteenth right now. Ooh, okay. Brandon Ingram. I have him in. Man, I don't. I keep going back and forth on Ingram and Booker because Ingram is averaging twenty six seven. Four, 47.7 from the field, 40 from three, 86 from the line. I think New Orleans is better than Phoenix is. I think he's been the driving force for why New Orleans has been better than Phoenix is without Zion Williams in there. I just think that he's... He, and I think and he's better defensively, I want to bring up as well. That's That that was exactly what I was about to say. I think that that's, that's a pretty damn good tiebreaker. 
Um, I think it's a, a fairly wide margin there too. So I, I have them in, but listen, there is a list of guys underneath them that any one of them can jump in over Ingram. I don't know if they can jump in over Booker, but Ingram, and it'd be hard to argue. It really would. I guess we can, but it would be. So here's the guy that I have. Yeah. I have Chris Paul. It's, it, again, like, who who am I to say that Chris Paul doesn't deserve to be there? Like, he's been awesome. The counting numbers are worse than Ingram, than Booker, than, you know, LaMarcus Aldridge, even, than, De- than DeMar DeRozan. You know, honestly, I think the counting numbers are worse than his teammate, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. They are, but, but then you watch it. You watch the Thunder, and it is so very clear whose team that is. And it's so very clear that he is the driving force behind a team that has won like 60% of its games so far. They're 24 and 19. They're on pace to win, I think it's 48 games this year. Mm-hmm. And They've in pretty the fourth much locked quarter, up a playoff spot. In the fourth quarter, he is so phenomenal every single night. He's shooting like 59% from the mid-range in the fourth quarter. He's He just takes over. He's a surgeon. He's lethal. Like every single night. He just drives and drags Oklahoma City to wins. We've been truly blessed. It, this it's has been, been just absolutely outstanding watching the CP renaissance. Unbelievable Chris Paul season that is starting to finally get the attention that I think it deserves. It, took it was some pretty time. clear early on. I mean, honestly, we were. I remember talking about this very early on. Like, you watch it and you go, oh, shit, he's back. <laughs> like, you oh, would shit. see it in, he's in got spurts. It. Yeah, you would see it in spurts with the Rockets when – either Harden was out for a game or he would get an extended period of time, like Harden had foul trouble, where he would get like 10 straight minutes with, with the Rockets and they would just play a completely different style of basketball. And it was uh, not offensive. And it was actually really awesome. And they tapped into it a couple times in the playoffs, but then they kind of go back to the James Harden volleyball. And it's like, man, it, it did feel wasteful of such a transcendent player's skill set for him to be in a system that was antithetical to what it was that he did for so long. And yeah. yet, uh, and now he, now he's, he's back in and, it. And it, yet, it, it's a, it's a shame. They're like a rebuilding team and they can't really go for it because I mean, I don't know how many great years of Chris Paul we have left, but then again, you know, said that not too long ago and, and here he is having another great year. And yet as well, he was so good in Houston, despite the fact that it wasn't like a great situation for him. And like in part, and in part, those Houston teams kind of bent around him a little bit. Like, they played slower than what they did previously. Like, they did become something of a hybrid between, like, a Mike D'Antoni team and a Chris Paul team, given that those two things tend to be kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum, typically, right? In terms of pace, in terms of mid-range. I don't even know what Mike team is anymore. <laughs> yeah, that, has, that situation doesn't look great, and maybe we'll talk about that here in a minute. But it's, I don't know. It's really hard, I think, to pick between those three guys. I I think it personally, for me at least, came down to two spots for three guys between Brandon Ingram, Chris Paul, and Devin Booker. I ultimately sided with Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and Brandon Ingram. I do hope that all three of them make it. And, like, I hope that maybe, like, Kawhi Leonard decides not to play in the game because of load management or something, yeah, right? Yeah, th- this is one of the weird all-star games where we're like, if a star wants to sit it out, that's fine. Especially <laughs> that's in the what, West. Like, that, honestly, that'd be that's great. Where, 
that's where we're at at Louis management is so deep where it's like, I just want to see these young guys play. And by the way, we mentioned Shea Gildas Alexander. He deserves to, uh, a serious consideration. Another young guy who deserves serious consideration. I'm dead serious about it. This is John Morant. I mean, he has just been, not only is he spellbinding to watch, I know the counting stats aren't there, but he's he's a lot more efficient than you would think given how goddamn fast he plays. And Memphis is in a playoff spot. And I, I think that that deserves some recognition. This guy is, he's everything right now. And uh, <laughs> to say he's, you know, I think we all knew he was going to be the real deal. Uh, I, I thought it might take a while for him to adjust to the NBA game. The NBA game is going to have to adjust to him. Uh, he, yeah. He's just operating on a different level. I don't think there's any player in the NBA right now that I would rather watch than John Morant. It's very difficult. I mean, I, I, I think that, uh, yeah, since since I'm basically just a football writer now, no one gives a shit about the Warriors because they suck. Um, I, I'll just go to games. I think that they've already played Memphis for the final time at home. But uh, if I were just somebody who actually bought tickets to games, which I am now, if I'm just a regular person again, that would be a ticket that I would absolutely buy, as strange as that sounds. Warriors and Grizzlies sounds like a goddamn blast. It would be amazing. Like, John Morant, every single night, does something that is just so outrageously electrifying and unbelievable and, like, something that you don't expect to see on a basketball court that I'm it's deeply just so fun he to might, watch. And, he might by the way... Him. He might kill a man through fame. Or, like, hurt himself, like, the way he lands. Oh, yeah. it's, like, it, that's a lot, and I, we can't even get into it because even the, the just comprehending it makes me sad. Yeah, I know. But, like, he's averaging 18 points and seven assists on a 58 true shooting percentage at the point guard position. No rookies do that, really. What's he like? And he's, like, 20, 21? Yeah, and he's 20 years old. Like, here, by the way, here's how good Zion is. John Morant has been this good, and I still wouldn't even, like, think twice about taking Zion. (laughs) (laughs) Did you see that one summer league game? And Zion is going to play on Wednesday, and I am so excited to watch it. My calendar is already cleared, Sam. Oh, yeah. Like, we'll not be doing a single thing else other than watching Zion dominate uh, in his first game for the Pelicans. Um, But that's how good Zion is. This is another incredible one-two class. We've had a couple pretty damn good one-twos over the years. This has a chance to go up there with the best of them. And, like, last year, you look at it, the five best rookies last year were the five guys who made um, all-rookie team. They were the top (laughs) five picks. Like, that, that stuff... Tends not to happen. Uh, 2017 is a little bit weird just because of the Markel Fultz of it all. But, mm-hmm. you know. By the way, Markel's look pretty darn good lately. Markel's look good. Lonzo's look better. Jason Tatum went three in that draft. We're talking about him as a borderline all-star. Uh, 2016 was Ben Simmons and Brandon Ingram. That looks great. Carl Towns and D'Angelo Russell was 2015. Both those guys have been all-stars already. Um 2012 was Anthony Davis, and then Bradley Beal went number three. Like, Seems been a, to be working. Been a lot of really good top three guys. Maybe not necessarily the second pick, because the second pick has occupied this weird space in history where the third pick has actually somehow provided better results than the second pick. You can overthink it sometimes when you got everybody but one. You know? Yeah. You're, so, you're, so, you're Icarus. You're flying too close to the sun. That um, might be true. That's a good point. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to evaluate when, you know, if you're second, 
it's very rarely that like second place comes by a surprise in the lottery. He spent all year looking at, at you know one guy, right? Now you're kind mm-hmm. of on a backup plan. I don't know, it just gets messy. There's emotions involved in all this shit. Worked out for the Grizzlies though. Before we move on though, Dieter, the Super Bowl is coming up, and you really? can follow all of the actions at Bet Online. I know, right? Like it's crazy. You're you're going to be at the Super Bowl, I assume, right? Yeah, I got a flight on Sunday. It is. Uh, it's going to be a hot mess back in my. Wait a minute! You're doing all of Super Bowl week. Oh, you know I'm doing all Super Bowl week. Do you have to do Radio Row for? I I don't. I don't because I would be doing Radio Row between the hours of 1 a.m. and 3 a.m. and I'm pretty sure it's closed. So um, good luck to KBR. That would be the most amazing thing. You just sitting there by yourself in the middle of that. Like, is it a convention center or a stadium? Yeah. By yourself, <laughs> recording radio. What a Everyone is out partying in Miami, and here's Dieter in the middle of a convention center, lights off, hanging out on Stan, radio you're just, row. You're describing the many years that I lived in Miami to a T. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it's going to be the 49ers and the Chiefs, obviously. I believe that the Chiefs are one point favorites, right? Uh, up to one and a half in some books. Up to one and a half. Uh, I'm excited to see who's going to win that game. I'm excited for that Super Bowl. That's like actually a really, really fun, well-played Super Bowl. That's going to be great. It's going to has a chance to legitimately be one of the great games we've ever watched. Uh, there is not much between these two teams. Uh, strength versus strength. I can go on, and in fact, I will, but not now. Before that next kickoff, please head over to betonline.ag and use that promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bring the playoffs home with our exclusive sportsbook partners at betonline.ag. All right, Dieter, let's get back to it. Some other guys that I want to mention real quick. John Morant, like, I, this is crazy to say on some level, but he has Memphis in a playoff spot right now along with Jaron Jackson. And, like, I think he should and get a genuine You know genuine how I feel about Jaron Jackson. You know yeah. how I feel about Jaron Jackson. I lead the fan club. Grizzlies, Grizzlies have been a joy. They're, they're my league pass team. They have been all year. They've been great. Um, DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge on some level deserve <sighs> continued – uh, yes, they're very for, good. In, yes. Yeah, for for just continuing to play good basketball and providing yeoman's work. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, to me, has been a little bit – he's been a little bit better than DeMar. I know that DeMar is one of two players in the league averaging 22.5 points, 5.6 rebounds, and 5.3 assists per game. He's uh, boring us all the way. <laughs> he has upped his efficiency this year to new levels. He's up over a 60% true shooting percentage. I'm just saying he deserves a lot of credit. I don't disagree. DeMar don't has disagree. been very good this year. I just don't want to watch it. LaMarcus Aldridge also, since they have started to give him free reign to chuck threes, uh, has been awesome. He's now up to 43% this season on 111 threes. He has already surpassed his career high in three-point attempts this season. And I love it. I am here for uh, spacing five LaMarcus Aldridge. I think that that is the way that they should go about this going forward. I, listen, you're, you're just not going to get me to say anything interesting about the Spurs. Carl Towns this year. Carl Towns has also played 26 games, the same amount as, as Paul George, and yet I feel so very different about them. Yeah, they've been considerably worse. Uh, he's averaging 26 points, 11 rebounds, four assists on 50, 40, 80 
which is absurd. But I left him out just because of the lack of playing time. He's missed, you know, 40% of the season and is playing for a bad team. So that's tough. Hard, I, I think I think it's a pass. I think it's a pass this year. But, you know, listen, a bunch of people want to load manage. Uh, who am I to say he doesn't deserve to get in? Yeah, and look, another part of this is the fact that we've got Anthony Davis, Nikola Jokic, and Rudy Gobert in this game already. And I just personally don't think it's even arguable to put in Carl Towns over any of those guys. Right. That's where I'm at. Next here, we talked about Shea. Um, my my last group here is Russell Westbrook, Kristaps Porzingis, mm. Andrew Wiggins, mm. D'Angelo no. Russell. Yeah. Uh, all of them either have really good counting stats in the favor of Russell, Wiggins, Westbrook on some level. Um, and then Porzingis has been really good defensively for Dallas in a way that I think deserves small mention. But they, they just aren't in the conversation beyond just going, hey, these guys have been good. Uh, we should re- recognize that, but they're not all-stars this year. Listen, we're a hot take, a hot take podcast here, but we're not going to present super niche candidates as people that you must be taking seriously to make the all-star. Like we're not, we're not that hot taking, just not going to happen. We're we're not going to do that this time. Um, So yeah, to to run through here, our Eastern conference all-stars, Giannis, Joel Embiid, Jimmy Butler, Pascal Siakam, Kyle Lowry, Ben Simmons, Kemba Walker, Trey Young, Bradley Beal, Chris Middleton, Bam Adebayo. Mm -hmm. You picked Damana Sabonis. I picked Caitlin Brown for the 12th spot. In the West, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Luka Doncic, James Harden, Kawhi Leonard, Nikola Jokic, Rudy Gobert, Paul George, Donovan Mitchell, Damian Lillard, uh, Chris Paul, and Brandon Ingram. For me, you put mm-hmm. Devin Booker over Chris Paul. Yeah, I think those are all reasonable I don't, picks. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't feel strongly about it anymore. You kind of talked me off of that. I think. I, I think if we're gonna have a legacy play, give it to Chris Paul. He's been awesome. But you know, Booker deserves to get. I don't know. I don't know. Again, I'm hoping that somebody just decides to take the weekend off. Skip Chicago, go to Cabo. I agree. I I really hope someone does. I'm excited for Draymond Green that he gets to skip Chicago and go to Cabo. I think Draymond's the most excited about that. Watch him end up having to, like, do the skills challenge. No, there's no way that he would accept doing that. I don't know. He does love passing. He does love passing. (laughs) He won it one year, didn't he? Do I remember that right? Jeez. I, uh, Sam, as you know, I uh, haven't watched the NBA All-Star Weekend over the last decade. I mean, maybe 10 minutes here or there. I just don't care. NBA Skills care. Challenge winners is not something I expected to have to Google. Uh, he did not win it one year. No. Oh, well, <laughs> I don't know how he's going to get into the Hall of Fame now. I mean, can, his resume has a glaring hole that he can rectify at the United Center. Can we just note that Trey Burke is a winner of the NBA Skills Challenge? And his resume stands stronger because of it. True. I love it. Kristaps <laughs> won it one year. Carl Towns won it one year. Huh. That's kind of fascinating. I mean, thinking about the Skills Challenge, what – what? Bigs it does are, feel like those, yeah, why would those, I mean, I, obviously they're very skilled bigs. I'm not arguing uh, that they aren't uh, capable, but uh, it does, it does feel a little weird. I mean, I'm just thinking through the course, what would, what would prioritize a big? What would, what would make it easier for them? I don't think anything would prioritize it, but the fact that both of those guys are such good shooters, I think, uh, is why. And That's just you know, kind of wild. So many of well, them at the that, end of the, that, so many of those. why Draymond didn't win it. <laughs> 
so many of those courses end up just being the guy who makes the three first. Right. So yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Uh, Dieter. Yeah. I don't know. Do we have Do we have anything else we want to talk about here? I mean, we can talk about like cover one spy defenses and. Or, are we um, going to get out of here with a 55-minute podcast? That'd be nice. I don't. Do you want to talk about movies? I mean, have who's, you seen who's anything gonna win recently? The, of course I haven't. Who's going to win the Academy Award for Best Picture? Ooh. I would have said 1917. I think it, uh, 1917 won the PGAs, which is the Producers Guild, which is Isn't that the one that's sort of, yeah. Yeah, historically the one that is most predictive. I would have, like, felt very, very good about that pick up until the SAG Awards where Parasite and its cast won the SAG Award for Best Ensemble in a Drama mm. or in a Motion Picture this year. Um, the reason that that gives me pause is because the actors are the biggest voting block within the Academy. Mm-hmm. And I can see a world. I think that both 1917, and we're going to get into the real nitty gritty of Academy voting, which which is preferential balloting. So it helps to be a widely accepted movie that everyone thinks is like a top five movie of the year because eventually they start cutting down films in voting and then picking, you know, Oh, this, if you had uh, Ford versus Ferrari at number one, and then you had parasite at number two after Ford versus Ferrari gets cut down in the first round of preferential balloting until someone gets 50%, then parasite is going to move to that person's number one spot. So the fact that Parasite seems to be as widely regarded as it is in the fact that it has now won this award from the actors, which are the biggest voting block, gives me pause that it might not just be 1917. Fair enough. I can go, I can go deep on Academy politics, uh, living out here in Hollywood and, and loving movies as much as I do. I, I, I still haven't seen Parasite. I'm, I'm trying to rectify it. Is it is really on am. Amazon Prime, Dieter. I, I, I have a screener. I don't have like, hours. I just gave you my free hour. Oh, my God. And, and you so would this, rather talk to me than watch Parasite. What are you doing? This, this can help make me money in some weird tangential way. Hey, high five. Larry Walker made the Hall of Fame. Oh, cool. Who else made it? Uh, Let's see. Good, good question. Uh, It has to be Derek Jeter. Yeah. Two new Hall of Famers. So, yeah. It's Derek Jeter and Larry Walker, and that's it. I would imagine that Schilling was probably the next one, just based off of shout out to Ryan Thibodeau, who does the uh, gathers all of the ballots from Hall of Fame voters. Yeah, Larry, Larry's the man, or I'm sorry, uh, Ryan's the man. He's an Oakland guy. Yeah, he's Schilling at 68 percent according to uh, public. Oh wow, that's like a well, no, this is this is this is this is Ryan's. uh, Oh okay. These are the projections. We'll see, but um. The projections, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't look great for my man Paul Konerko. No, it doesn't look great for Paul Konerko. Um, By the way, I am going to go on a small tangent. Andrew Jones should be a Hall of Famer, and the fact that he only gets like 20% every year is the dumbest thing in the world to me. If you look at any defensive metric, he is far and away the best defensive outfielder in history. We have like Brooks Robinson, we have Ozzie Smith. Andrew Jones is a lot closer to the Brooks Robinson point offensively than he is to the Ozzie Smith point offensively. He was a 400 home run hitter who was the best defensive center fielder in history. This should be a no-brainer to me. I don't understand how he's I mean, not. Willie, Willie Mays was a better defensive center fielder probably, but you know. I'm telling you, the metrics disagree with that, and like it's not even close. 
Like, if, yeah. if it was close, I'd be like, okay, this I'm is... Not saying he's, I'm not saying he's some bad. I mean, I don't know. He, he finished second in MVP voting once. Won the gold glove one, two, three, four, five. I guess it's... Listed I believe he won ten gold gloves. Ten gold gloves, five-time All-Star. Never won an MVP. Should have gotten that MVP. Wouldn't have even really been in question. So also, his, perhaps some questions about some stuff. His 24.5 defensive uh, war is 21st all-time among all defenders. Every player ahead of him is an infielder, most of them shortstops. And you have to go all the way down to number 67 to find the next outfielder, who's Willie Mays. All right, you convinced me. It's, and, like, I'm, I'm here for Scott Rowland getting in. I'm here yeah. for... Todd Helton getting in too underrated. Like I, I want, I am a I, I'm more glad Larry inclusive did, baseball Larry hall of fame. Larry deserved to get in. Larry was one, unquestionably one of the best players in baseball for an extended period of time. Yes. Todd Helton, you can make the same argument. I understand the course field effect, but like, uh, I don't know. I'm I am for a uh, smaller hall in general. Uh, if you can maintain a, a level of scrutiny, uh, I think you should. But I think he could tell the story of baseball without including Andrew Jones. Uh, I think it's kind of hard to do that with Larry Walker. I don't think it's. Uh, I don't think you can talk about baseball in the the '90s without mentioning Larry Walker. So that's I agree kind of with my that. Only criteria. Yeah, I agree with that, and I think that uh, unquestionably both should be in. Yeah, I'm just I'm small hall, and I, I treat it as a historical artifact where you're trying to tell the story of the game for people a hundred years from now. And one yeah, person and, didn't vote for Derek Jeter. Who was it? That that's going to stay quiet for a while, oh, maybe I forever. I can't wait to find out that it was Bob Nightingale. <laughs> Derek Jeter got ninety nine point seven percent. I'm like here for the argument that Derek Jeter was like kind of overrated. I kind of think I'm, he was. I, I'm with, I'm with it, but like he's a but, hall of famer, like he's, unquestionably a hall of famer. Like not we're not close. talking about Casey McGee here. Like it's Derek, it's Derek fucking Jeter, the captain of the goddamn Yankees, three thousand hits, like oh, one of the great defensive God. shortstops of all time. Though not as good as everyone makes him out to be. Like yeah, if Derek Jeter played for the Angels, we'd be having a different conversation about Derek Jeter, but he didn't, so we're not. Do, do I need to have a conversation with you about Omar Vizquel too? I think again, you can tell the story of baseball without including Omar Vizquel very easily. I, in fact, I do agree with that for what it's worth. I don't think he should be a Hall of Famer. Whereas, whereas Ozzie Smith, it's a great argument for defenders being in, but I think you have to include Ozzie Smith. He was on great teams. Yes, and was a genuine highlight machine, even in a way that Vizquel wasn't. Like Vizquel was, but Vizquel not was in the just same like super way that, steady. Yeah. I also am just not a big fan of, like, longevity as the argument. I think you need to be, like, one of the five best players in baseball over, you know, a, a five- or six-year span. Like, give me half a decade of just absolute, unquestioned elite play, and now we can talk. And I'm fascinated to see where the pitchers go from here, too, because the previous standards for pitching in the Hall of Fame are so astronomically high in terms of counting numbers that – I don't really know where and how someone like, for instance, CeCe Sabathia will fare in this. And, like, to me, CeCe, like, should be a Hall of Famer. His counting numbers are going to be very high. Uh, He was unquestionably one of the, you know, six or seven best pitchers in the league for a decade or maybe, let's say, seven or eight years. I just don't know if he is going to 
kind of hold up because if you look at his numbers, they're like eerily similar to Andy Pettit, who got 10.5% on this ballot. Yeah, pitchers, it's really tough. <laughs> it's really tough with pitchers because so few of them. I mean, they don't play every day. They, they just don't feel – you don't feel the same impact unless they are supernova spectacular. So being, you know, the, the seventh best pitcher in baseball or something just like – just doesn't do it. Whereas if you're the seventh best hitter in baseball, it's just like, oh, well, he's absolutely a Hall of Famer. Um, baseball's just shitty like that. I mean, I guess the, the alternative is have, we have the, the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame where, like, I think you and I are going to get inducted at some point just on the basis of we uh, we talked about basketball for more than 40 minutes one time. Uh, I, I'm here for a more inclusive Hall of Fame. I, I want Your pro-inclusivity like, on the Hall of Fame? I don't want it to be, like, out of control, but I do think that the way the NBA does it is preferable to me. Yeah, different strokes like, for different I, I think it's hard to tell the story of basketball without someone like Chris Webber, even. That's fair. Dieter. Bill Simmons will try. <laughs> I, I, see, like, I love that project. Like, I'm someone who's, like, a huge, like, I'm history. I'm not making fun of it. I'm, I'm making fun of it because it was an easy joke, but, like, fuck it. I mean, wish I was making that kind of cash. It's, yeah, I'm like, you know, it's it's great that Bill has – but, like, Bill, in part, makes that kind of money because he's entertaining, first and foremost. But, like, no he's done the homework on the history oh, yeah. stuff. Like, he, he literally he's not, wrote he's the book. He's just not hot. Yeah. He's just not – yeah, he's just not uh, shooting from the hip. No, and I respect that a lot. So, uh, Dieter, tell the people where they can find your work. Who knows anymore? Uh, at Dieter on Twitter, D-I-E-T-E-R. It's been mostly football from you recently, but – I'm know, so sorry. We'll, we'll sneak in some – basketball i mean listen if you, if you want to keep making money i got the takes for you <laughs> oh my i probably uh, gotta write up something about bonds he ain't gonna get in is he i can't and i know he did not get in we can no no he's he, he's at 60 percent with two left that ain't good yeah it's gonna be tough um that's not good Go to The Athletic. I will have something on LaMelo Ball this week. I have something up Ooh. on the Raptors and Pascal Siakam and all of their young players already. Danny LaRue, Seth Partnow, and I have a thing on Miami coming up. Uh, so a lot of stuff over at The Athletic for me this week. So please keep it locked over there. We'll be back later this week with another guest talking basketball, probably at some point. But until next time, we will talk soon. Bye.